0: Welcome to the Beers and Ears Podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears Podcast. My name is Matt, and usually this is where my co-host Casey would introduce himself, but he's having an extremely busy week. He um, is super exhausted, and so um, he's taking a couple episodes off so he can be ready and raring to go as we uh, come upon our 100th episode. So, um, you, you will hear me this week with a couple of special guests. And the first special guest is someone that I am very excited to have on the podcast with me. Um, it is my wife, Jessica. Hello. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast.
1: Ah, uh, this is different, but I'm excited to be here too.
0: If <laughs> We're having a conversation, but we're recording it. How does, how does this feel?
1: Different than normal. <laughs>
0: Um, So if you could um, give uh, us and the listeners a little bit of your uh, Disney story. Like, what did you grow up on? What was your favorite movie growing up? Or was your family into Disney? Things like that.
1: Not necessarily specifically Disney growing up, but a lot of stuff falls under Disney's. And being a 90s baby, there's a lot of good stuff in the 90s that came through Disney. So um, from Lion King to... Aladdin and Little Mermaid, all of those were pretty important staples of our childhood and um, I remember in third grade was my first trip to Disney World, my parents didn't tell us we were going on vacation and they picked us up from school in a limousine and took us to the airport and we found out on the way that we were going to Florida um, so that was pretty cool, and we got to spend one day in Magic Kingdom, and I just remember being completely blown away by that. Growing up, my favorite Disney movie was definitely Mary Poppins. I'm not sure why, but I love that movie, um, and I love Julie Andrews, and she's been in a lot of Disney stuff since. So,
0: Yeah, well, our plan was to have you on for our Mary Poppins episode, and we probably still will, to be honest with you, because I know that's coming down the pipeline. Um, it, it was It's kind of hard to be a 90s kid and not Come in contact with something Disney. Correct. <laughs> I, I, I would love to talk to a 90s kid that, that I was like, oh no, we just didn't watch any of that stuff. <laughs> so, um, what we wanted to do today was talk about a project that we did that took us.
1: A long time.
0: Like, I want to say at least three years.
1: Oh, I don't think it
0: was quite that long. I mean, we took some gaps. Like, it wasn't, you know, we didn't.
1: No, I don't think so. Well, oh, maybe. It took us a while.
0: <laughs> Uh, So you you may have heard us or heard me talk about this on the pod before. We decided, um, uh, I think it was my crazy idea, this sounds like a crazy Uh idea that I would have, (laughs) (laughs) that we were going to watch all of the Walt Disney Animation Studios films in order. Um, starting with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and at that time, I believe it was just Ralph Breaks the Internet had been out or was coming out on the horizon. I don't
1: think we even see I don't think that one was out yet.
0: So it would have been Moana, then, would have been, it w- when we started this, would have been what it would have been for. Okay. Um We had the list pulled up because it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> there's a lot of
1: lists, so there's a lot of movies on that list.
0: So l- let's be clear on what the, the, the perimeter of this. So this was Walt Disney Animation Studios, so no Pixar, no uh, Toon Studios or anything like that. And it was just the theatrical releases, so um, I, I, you probably would not have been as willing had it been like, and we have to watch Cinderella 3, a twist in time.
1: And all of the Beauty and the Beast follow-ups. There's a lot of them that are not
0: valuable. <laughs> I would argue that there are two straight to D V D sequels that are valuable. Actually Cinderella Twisted Time is actually really good. I have
1: never seen
0: that one. It's 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 sneaky good. And Ooh, the other yeah. one that is sneaky good and the only reason is because of Robin Williams and that's the third Aladdin. Oh, like huh, it,
1: Yeah. That's fair. The Aladdin trilogy is a reasonable follow-up. Two
0: two not as good because Frank Caliendo, who is a perfectly fine impressionist, does the genie, and does fine, but just is not the same, and they brought back Robin Williams for three, and it just... Clearly. They had to. And it it, it was much better. Hello, and welcome to Lifestyles of the Rich and Magical. That's right, we're taking you to the marriage of the millennium. And who's this coming on the lovely stretch camel? Oh, it's Cleopatra and Caesar, and they're bringing a salad. How wonderful. Oh, look, there's Osiris. Oh, Osiris? Osiris, can we have a word with you? (laughs) Oh no, the crowd is partying. Who's coming? It's
1: Moses! And your name is? I'm Thor. You're Thor? Well, it hurts. Once again, this whole broadcast has been brought to you by Sam. It's everywhere. Get used to it.
0: So, um... But even with this, we found some oddballs that we had never heard of. <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> um, and, and so we'll talk about some of those. But this was super fun, and we didn't have a schedule. Like, this was not something we, we were like, oh, and we're going to do it every Sunday. Though, we may guess we could have if we wanted to. So that's why it took us so long, is because we'd, we'd go through gaps. We'd kind of, like, knock out five of them in a row, and then all of a sudden... Like,
1: Take a break that lasted a lot longer than we intended,
0: and often it coincided with periods where we were not as excited about the Oof. movies. <laughs> so, like we we blew through the '90s. Like when we well, hit yeah. when we hit Little Mermaid, we were watching like bang bang bang, and then we hit uh, the uh, let's see. Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, Home on the Range. And we kind of slowed down a little bit. Rough ones in there. I have have very much on this podcast stated my disdain for Home on the Range. Good choice. It's an awful (laughs) one. So so I want to start with the question of what was a movie in this that you had never seen that you thought, oh, this is actually a good movie. Why have I never seen this before?
1: Surprisingly... It was probably Brother Bear. Like, there were parts of that one that were hilarious, and some of Phil Collins' rhymes that he came up with were completely ridiculous. But it was a cute little story, and the bears were cute, and I enjoyed that one. And it was one I don't even know that I'd really even heard of it. And that was in, like, the 2000s where Disney had definitely a downtime. But I enjoyed that one.
0: Yes, I believe the rhyme that we laughed at because this song was on the Disney Store Closing DVD and it was rhyming festival with best of all.
1: Yes. That would be it.
0: And that is a, that's a stretch. (laughs)
1: But it's Phil Collins, he so can get away with just about anything.
0: That's true. That that one, it felt like what they were trying to do is Tarzan was...
1: Tarzan kicked butt, it was awesome. And
0: that soundtrack is amazing, and they were like, well...
1: Phil Collins can fix any storyline that's lacking.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I think Tarzan... Well, I guess maybe Tarzan was a little more lacking than I don't like to...
1: No, I like Tarzan, but they were thinking that just any other movie that oh, they okay. came up with, well, if we just tacked Phil Collins onto it, it'll be great.
0: Do you think Phil Collins could have saved Home on the Range? No.
1: There's no hope for Home on the Range. Although I would have loved to see Phil Collins write country music. That would have been hilarious. Yes,
0: that that would have been... uh, Okay. All right. Um, Okay, so for me, um, I had a couple of them, actually, um, shockingly. Uh, The first one, you've heard me talk about it on the pod with um, a convince me on Atlantis, The Lost Empire. And I really enjoyed that movie. And when I saw it, I, I, I was like, I don't understand why people don't like this movie. And then you, know, you, you can hear me chronicle the research of it, and the reason that people didn't like it was because it wasn't like the the 90s movies. They're like, well, it's mm-hmm. not Beauty and the Beast. It's like, different. Well, it's not supposed to be Beauty and the Beast.
1: It can not be. It's a very different concept <laughs> and story.
0: Exactly. If you were to try to do Beauty and the Beast more like Atlantis or Atlantis more like Beauty and the Beast, it would have been bad. Yes. And so it, it was just kind of this weird... Uh, weird product of coming off of a wave of success and kind of got bitten by that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I enjoyed that one. And then the other one that I kind of sneaky enjoyed was The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. It was a... What a weird movie. Weird. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially the Wind in the Willows Mr. Toad part. Like, Mr. Toad is this wacky eccentric eccentric person. Uh, Was that
1: the one with the, like... Creepy dude coming into the house with the puppets.
0: No, we are going to get to the creepy dude with the puppets. Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> There's some really terrifying moments in this saga that we went through
0: too. Yes. Um, so no this was the one with the headless horseman and well, I Bing- no, I feel
1: like it had lots of different chunks of storylines and I couldn't remember all of them. Yeah, this together.
0: is this is the start of the kind of anthology series. Okay. So um, you know the World War 2 starts and all the animators are doing war propaganda or off fighting the war and so
1: those
0: are your beeliners. Yeah, so we can kind of segue into this because I definitely want to talk about this. There's a bunch of anthology ones. So you definitely get like Saludos Amigos, which is pretty blatantly like a, Hey America, look at South America. It's really cool. Let's
1: be friends.
0: <laughs> Don't join those other people. Join us. Um, and then three caballeros, which actually has hung around. Um, oh, he's cute. Um, yeah. And you know, it's got Donald Duck. I mean, and, and I mean, uh, your mainstream Disney fans will know it from Grand Fiesta Tour, which mm-hmm. um, has been in the Disney news a lot lately because the animatronics have broke have now been replaced with just flat uh, oh. cutouts. Well, Donald broke, and they made like a funeral thing for him. Oh God. It, it was very oh, funny, God. and I think they just decided, you know what? Let's just put. That in there, but anyway, was that
1: also the one where, um, like, the hand is drawing the people, and they draw someone, Donald's dancing with them. They draw someone with a small rear end, and Donald like looks up at the hand, and they erase it to make the rear end larger, and then Donald is a happy camper.
0: Yes, that is that. That was one of those. Um, Um, Definitely a movie of the nineteen forties. And and to make that overarching point here, there were a lot of these earlier on movies that we saw cultural things that were like.
1: That is not acceptable anymore. <laughs> huh.
0: Interesting. Like even as early as Snow White, like Snow White does the whole like, well, this house is a mess. There must be no mother that lives here. Like that
1: because men can't clean. <laughs>
0: that that uh, in order in order to, for a house to be clean, a mother has to live here, um, and that definitely spills over into other movies. But then you get this anthologies of. Make Mine Music, Fun and Fancy Free, and Melody Time.
1: Which are all really neat.
0: And there's some really neat things. Honestly, the place that I recognized most of this stuff were from the 90s like, Disney sing-along videos mm-hmm. that I had. Um, I remember there were plenty of times that would come on. and I'd go, oh, that's what that's from. So, um, But this is the one. Do you remember anything about the Creepy Puppets Man?
1: I remember that he. there was one creepy puppet man at, like, a girl's birthday party, and then all of a sudden the roof came off, and that's about all I remember. I clearly blocked the majority of it from my brain. No,
0: that's exactly correct. So, yeah, that's exactly correct. Um, One of the anthology ones, I wish I could remember which one it was. I don't. They all kind of bleed together. Uh, They... The setup, like, in between, the overarching story that, like, set up the anthologies was this little girl's birthday party. And the only guests there were an old dude and all of his puppets. And, yep. I'm, sh- and I'm sure the, pu- the puppet guy was some famous guy in the 40s. Mm-hmm. I, I, I probably, sh- you know, could look that up. But, you know, in, in mine it was creepy. And the puppets were not, like, friendly-looking puppets no, all the time. like
1: the creepy puppets that you... Um... What's it called when you send your voice to something else? You throw your voice? No, like, there's a name for it. The puppeting... Ventriloquy? Ventriloquy. There we go. There's the word. So the puppets were all, like, ventriloquist puppets, and, like, they tried to look like real people, but the painting... Uh, uh, it,
0: creepy. it was weird. And, and, and this is, like, before Mickey Mouse stars in a rendition of Jack and the Beanstalk, which was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine and normal. And then you get... Creepy puppet man. <laughs> not my favorite. And and I think what's weird about that one is, pretty much all of these films are completely animated. That it's all animation. And then this was one. And, and that I, was
1: not animated. That was not animated. Real people.
0: And real creepy people. And I want to say that's the only one that that happened in. There was that wasn't like a
1: that's all I can remember, yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah clearly that was not one of our favorites that we were never. like, hey, we should watch that one again never. <laughs> that that was definitely on the list of uh never watch again the the one clip that I remember and and just it cracks me up is there was one where there was a whale that could sing opera, yes, and the opera you know owner who somehow was like has a lot of influence in this world, is it decides that the only explanation for this whale being an opera singer is that he has swallowed an opera singer. Oh, yeah. And so he goes on this, like, almost like a Captain... or Yeah, Captain Ahab, Moby Dick type thing where he, like, obsessively goes after this whale. And you get to this point where they found the whale and they're about to, like, capture him and kill him so they can get the opera singer out... And it cuts to this: the whale starts singing, and all of a sudden you see the, you know, the, the the opera manager's heart soften, and it goes this whole thing of, oh, the whale now is famous and a famous opera singer, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, it cuts, it goes to a harpoon striking the whale, he dies, but don't worry, the happy ending is that he's singing opera in heaven. And I was like,
1: what? Just some zigged when you thought they were going to (laughs) zag. Three for a loop there.
0: And I think that pretty much states, it seems like what they had was a lot of just like half ideas, and then just kind of put them into anthology
1: Well, they were lacking so much staff in terms of creative ideas and in terms of actually executing them with the war happening, and they had to keep making movies for propaganda purposes and also for just general helping the world feel better about themselves, when there was so much yuck going on. So they had to get stuff out, even if it wasn't up to their normal full capacity, I guess.
0: It really wasn't until Cinderella in 1950 that it felt like the corner was turned, and mm-hmm. and again in terms of our watching, I remember that.
1: Oh, we can watch <laughs> more oh. again. This is more enjoyable. All oh, right, Let's Here. move forward a little quicker in this project.
0: C- Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp. Um, all right, so um, now kind of the opposite question of what I start with: what was a movie besides some of the obvious ones that we've already stated that? I guess, and let me ask it like this, what's one that you had seen before and thought, oh, this movie's pretty good, or even you thought maybe this movie was super good, and then you saw it again, and you went, oh, this actually is kind of weird and not what I thought, not what I remember it being.
1: Definitely Pinocchio. Um, (laughs) I mean, I watched it as a kid, I'm sure I did, because I remember all the scenes and how it ended, and... Chimney Cricket, I mean, there's so many classic characters in that story, and, um, yeah, there's a lot of really awful stuff in there, um, they go to an island and all turn into donkeys, except they, in the Disney movie, they call them Jack Rear <laughs> Like, what? That that was a word that my parents let me listen to. Like that was <laughs> that I don't I don't know. That one caught me so off guard. I remember. Oh, Pinocchio. That's the cute one where his nose grows, and then the story that it gets into is deep and dark, and there's a lot of really intense and and pretty awful, like bad things that people got into and Pinocchio got into and. That one surprised me. I had forgotten, or I had probably never, I was probably never old enough to register most of the really awful stuff that happened in that one. But watching it as an adult, it's like, I will not be showing this one to our children anytime soon.
0: Well, I mean, I guess it's the, you show it to your kids so they don't get into all that stuff. So maybe we should show it to our children so our children don't get into gambling, smoking, and drinking And playing pool.
1: No, I think I'll just tell them not to do those things. (laughs) But thanks for the suggestion. Or
0: we can show them the Music Man, and we'll just drill in the starts with T and rhymes with P and stands for pool. Trouble with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. That doesn't
1: cover the drugs and the drinking and the gambling.
0: Well, at least get pool with that one.
1: Okay, perfect. (laughs) I much prefer Music Man to Pinocchio. (laughs) Uh,
0: For me, it was... Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. Uh, that movie, because at the at, when I worked at the Disney store, we always had Alice in Wonderland stuff. That was a huge fan base that we were catering towards, and and there's a lot of fans out there. And I, I remember just watching this movie, going, "This movie's just strange. It's a strange movie. I mean, definitely, it's in. It's it's a more psychedelic movie." Um, Like Dumbo. Yeah. Oh goodness. (laughs) Um, But the and it it very much feels almost anthology, but within a cohesive story, where like it's okay. It's the I'm all the
1: different segments, and Alice is the only consistent. Peace in all
0: of it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the Queen of Hearts gets this, you know, big grand Disney villain stature. And, like, she's just an angry temper tantrum lady. Yep. And I I, I just, that, that, I want more for my Disney villain than that. And I, I believe that's also the film that's the, and then she woke up and it was all a dream. And I just, <laughs> I hate that story trope. That's such a cop-out to anything that
1: okay, you... Okay, but... How often has Disney used that?
0: Never, and I think that's my point. Disney's better than that.
1: But also, sometimes, if it's a trope, almost everyone's got to use it. That's what. That's how tropes become tropes. That's how they exist and why they exist.
0: I guess. I just... I,
1: I'm not then saying Alice in Wonderland <laughs> is my favorite Disney movie of all time. I'm just... I think it deserves a little bit more... Than saying that it's just because it's a trope, there's not value in it.
0: I guess, but I just, I don't know. I, I Maybe some of it is uh, in fourth grade. There was, we, we did themes. And so every every week we had to write a theme, which was a short paper. And then we had to read it in front of the class. And there was one kid that every week would write pretty much the exact same story and end it with, and I woke up and it was all a dream. And it was something like he would pick. He would pick like names of students in the class. And our rules: you had to ask the person like, "Could could could you be in my theme?" Which pretty much everyone always yes. said, "Sure, whatever, mm-hmm. I don't care." It was like I was walking down the street and then all of a sudden I saw Matt. And he said, hey. And, like, it was just cookie-cutter, like, this is the same well, thing. it's
1: fourth grade. So how much are you going to expect out of your buddy there, Matt?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. So maybe fourth that... Fourth
1: grade. Maybe, how old does that make you? Eleven?
0: Well, I maybe, so I, I think that there's some maybe psychological barriers of, of the trope of, and I woke up and there was all a dream because I was just so annoyed at that kid that every Friday I had to listen to the same exact story.
1: Rough fourth grade life, Matthew Brown. Oh,
0: my life was so difficult. Rough
1: fourth grade life.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, again, you you obviously know my my home on the range thing. And okay, because we're never gonna do a home on the range episode. Hallelujah. I, um um, I'm I'm gonna give kind of the like maybe I've already given this, but I don't care. I'm gonna do it again. Just uh,
1: don't watch it.
0: Well, I'm gonna That's why I'm gonna give you give you the you know the gist of it. The, the bad guy yodels. Okay, but that's the thing is the shtick
1: is funny. That, that's the only funny part. But it but they execute it so poorly. So the, the show poorly.
0: Spoiler alert for Home on the Range.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> you should never watch it anyway.
0: <laughs> so the vil- there's this like villainous person that's coming through and stealing all the cows at night, and no one knows why. And ooh, and come to find out, it's because the villain is this. Pied Piper, that when he yodels, the cows become mem- mesmerized and follow him.
1: and he yodels.
0: And it's it's funny. That's a funny shtick. It's a yodeling villain. Just the rest of the movie is a dumpster fire. <laughs> so,
1: yep. It uh, opens with an inappropriate joke reference to cow's udders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's quite...
1: Welcome to Home on the Range. It's quite the movie.
0: Um, so But unfortunately, if you do this, which... We'll get to maybe whether we recommend to do this or not. You you have to watch this film at some point. Um, So, overall, like whether you want to talk about a specific film or not, is there any other like things you found interesting about this journey? Um, Things like that? One of the things
1: that um, I did find interesting as we watched through these films was um, you could see, like, obviously, if we watch Moana back to back with Snow White you're going to tell the pretty extreme differences in animation and technology and abilities that people had um, back early when they started creating these animated films all the way to now stuff has changed incredibly but when you watch each movie you, you kind of notice the little things like when it switched from the backgrounds being um, one-dimensional to two-dimensional and then when they the backgrounds start moving and when different animation gets better and you start um, having more expression on people's faces and just um, the the when you watch them to extremes there's such an incredible difference but when you watch each one in a row you see all the little steps and the advance in the technology um, and not just technology but storytelling and at the beginning when Snow White was made animation was br- a brand new concept and so um just having a story that was animated was incredible but the further that we got into the journey we the more we realized no you can't just have a a basic story the story needs plot twists and it needs um supporting role characters and not just a bad person a good person and the good person's seven old men um
0: (laughs) That's true. I, I like the simplification of Snow White. Well, there it it's is. the good person, the bad person, and seven old men.
1: Um, that's true. Um, but but as as you progress, not only do you see the technological advances, but you also see the progression in storytelling and just the Disney people learning more and more how to tell stories and what audiences want and um, relating it more to what people are actually experiencing. And I, I really enjoyed that getting to understand and watch those things unfold.
0: Yeah, that's what awesome. What about you? Oh wow! <laughs> Look at you co-hosting. Practically,
1: <laughs> Casey, you're almost out of a job. <laughs> Just kidding. I wouldn't want to do this every week.
0: <laughs> um, I found it interesting how much of a roller coaster ride it is from good films to bad films, <laughs> and and not a jarring one. Oh sometimes
1: it's jarring. But
0: not in terms of like where we'd watch one good film and the next film would be bad. Like I found so so it would be like we started out hot. You know, we got Snow White, we got Pinocchio, we got Fantasia, you know, Disney classics. And then we got into our anthology films, and that was a, a low point. And then.
1: Not a, not a low point, maybe a
0: middle point. Okay, a midpoint. And then then we ramped back up. You know, we got Cinderella and Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady of the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, Hundred Mill It's like, yeah, here we go. And then we get to the 70s, and it's like. Mm, some more okay ones, with really the only one coming out of there, "Many Adventures of Winnie and the Winnie the Pooh." But Robin
1: Hood is good too. Robin Hood's
0: very good, but then you get Rescuers, which I actually think Rescuers is a you fun love one. The rescuers. I do love the Rescuers, um, but I do not like Fox and the Hound.
1: That's a very sad movie.
0: Fox and the Hound sucks.
1: Wow, that's a big word to use.
0: Yes, not as much as Home on the Range, but but I yeah, Fox and the Hound is another one that I I. I remember we had a the Best of Friends song on a sing-along DVD. I was like, oh, that's cute. You know, fox and a hound, whatever. And then I saw the movie, and I was like, this is awful. Mm-hmm. This stinks.
1: Sort of similar to Bambi.
0: Yeah, Bambi...
1: Just not my favorite. Yeah,
0: not not a whole lot happens in that movie. Um, Black Cauldron happens in that time. Which is another um, strange one. Um, but just, I guess maybe not in terms of maybe the 70s, 80s, because like I enjoyed Great Mouse Detective, Oliver and Company was fun, but in just terms of like the Disney company, that was definitely a, like, a lower point.
1: Well, none of those are films that are as well known or as well recognized as films from earlier and films from later.
0: And And so then, you hit Little Mermaid, and man, we are riding high. I mean, mm-hmm. 90s films with Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, boom, boom, boom. And then it dives in see, the 2000s.
1: That's what I was talking about. It does go from really good to really bad really quick. But then it's. 90s to 2000s. But then
0: it stays there. So, like, you're not getting. It, it would be. Oh, it's not like up down,
1: up down, up down. I it, see what you're saying. It
0: stays saying. there. And it's really not until um, Princess and the Frog that you start to see this... You mean
1: Home on the Range or Chicken Little? Weren't your changing points? I, Chicken <laughs> Little's
0: cute. No. Again, I think the shtick of the movie is funny, and there's funny jokes in it. After
1: Chicken Little was Meet the Robinsons, and I think that is an underrated film.
0: Yeah, when we did our we did an episode on that one and I commented on an episode of we did that one and that was our most commented on social media posts of people coming out of like, I love this movie, I love this movie, like I did not expect that much. And now, you know, we're we're kind of in another high point where we, you know, tangled Wreck It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero Six Utopia. Really the only miss was when they did like a Winnie the Pooh sequel, and that was the one where Christopher Robin was like, "Hello, I'm Christopher Robin," and it was like, "Oh, are you now?"
1: <laughs> that sounds awful.
0: Yeah, it was. That was. I
1: don't
0: know that I. Do you not remember that one? That was also the one where they they did the whole shtick of I cannot, I cannot not. They were like talking about tying knots, and it was like a five minute riff <laughs> on I, I cannot that. not. You cannot no, I cannot not. It was it again funny not for five minutes. Yeah. Um, and then Christopher Robin's voice was was horrendous. But, well,
1: after that that lovely example you shared with us.
0: And so what, what my curiosity is on, are we due for a low point at some point?
1: Just like our economy has been due for a low point for a long time.
0: And it hasn't happened. Right, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, depending on how you watch it, but... I mean, because I just watched the trailer. I don't know if you saw the trailer for the newest one in March, Raya and the Last Dragon.
1: No, I haven't seen them. Um,
0: looks really cool. Um, really excited about it. And so it it, it seems like there's. A, they, they've figured out the formula and mm-hmm. are, are cranking them out.
1: Well, and I think also, like, I don't know, back in the 70s, was Disney as big of a name as it is now? Everybody now knows Disney, and knows everything that's associated with Disney, and Disney owns half the world.
0: I definitely think the fandom is probably more pronounced at this point. And Disney has figured out how to tap into that right. fandom. And I think
1: also, at that time, Disney was for kids. And I think Disney has done an incredible job over the last, I mean, probably 20 or 30 years, but especially over the last 10 years to include things that adults will get include adult humor that's not inappropriate for kids and to really um, create movies that are engaging for all aged audiences and especially as 90s kids who grew up on such good stuff we love Disney and we um, we want to be Disney people and so I I think that that's part of what's leading to some of their movie success
0: right now yeah definitely they're tapping into you know Millennials, the '90s kids, are having kids and wanting Disney to be there. I'm curious then what happens when those kids are teenagers. Well, and, like, but also two thousands kids. So oh, right. if if you were a you know five year old in two thousand three, when the movie of choice would have been Brother Bear. Oof. I mean, uh, that, was
1: a, that was a cute one, but that definitely not Lion King. Yeah,
0: you know, uh, what, what, you know, is there as much of a strong connection there? Or have they just gone on one or the other sides where they picked up in the 90s movies or just held out and then the later movies came out?
1: But also, if you were five then, you were 11 when Princess and the Frog came out and 12 when Tangled came out. Like, you're still young enough, I feel like, to be impressionable. In That's
0: true. So, I think, I, I'm, I'm curious, I hope there's not another low point coming, um, but, uh, you know, it kind of just, it seems like there's a big ebb and flow where they, they get into a rut, and then, it, then it's one film gets them out and they figure it out, so, we'll see. So, would you recommend that listeners do this?
1: I would recommend you do it, but give yourself grace if halfway through a movie you're like, there's no way then just stop and be done with it and move on to the next movie because that's okay.
0: <laughs> I think I I, mean, I obviously I would recommend doing it um I, for the reason that we
1: and do it with a buddy. It's easier to do it with somebody else cuz then on the bad ones you can joke about it and laugh about it and talk through it when it's awful.
0: Yes, accountability buddies is always a good idea. Accountability buddies. Accountability buddies. I love that word. Um I, I think the big thing is I remember as you know I I considered myself pretty a uh, pretty Pretty big Disney aficionado, Disney fan, and yet there were so many films that I just hadn't seen, mm-hmm. and so this was kind of a way for me to uh, not like assert my Disney fan Like it, I didn't do it out of like a Look pride. Cool like, oh, I'm so cool! I've seen every Disney movie. Have you? You haven't
1: seen every Disney movie. Well, you
0: know we have uh,
1: seen all the classic animated yes. videos.
0: Yes, you know. But also, there were a ton of movies that I hadn't seen. That I, uh, and and a, probably more than a handful of ones, I was like, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Is it going to become the movie that I watch over and over and over again? No, but that was fun. I enjoyed that.
1: Also, a note to everybody: we did this before Disney Plus, so we had to locate these movies. So we made a lot of trips to the library. We had to be resourceful and asking friends and parents for um, for DVDs. I can't remember if we had to actually go over to someone's
0: house with a VHS player and watch one. I think we found most of it through the library.
1: I think so. The libraries are great, but I mean, we have a good
0: library near us, so that yes. helped.
1: But this was this was before Disney Plus, which made our adventures. Just a little bit more exciting.
0: Now it's much easier because Way all this easy. stuff is on Disney Plus. <laughs> Not
1: all of it. Is all of it?
0: I think. Oh, I think you could. Uh, you could get on Isn't there and
1: like the like, like a, Caballeros. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm pretty sure you, you make
1: do. my music.
0: I'm pretty sure you could watch make Fine my and music
1: free melody time.
0: Hang on. Let's confirm this, everybody. Oh boy. Disney Here we go. On the spot fact checking.
1: I mean, great. Then you all can do it real easily. You have no excuse.
0: If it is, let's see. Fun. Fun and fancy free.
1: What about melody time?
0: Melody. Melody time.
1: Make my music.
0: Wait, there's a search for Santa Paws? Oh man. You didn't know that? No. Wait, time out. Isn't there also a Santa Buddies? No. Okay, anyway, sorry. This is a whole other thing. What? Make mine.
1: Ha, make my music isn't there. Is it not? Music. Well, music. That's going to be a generic make. No, no. make my music. Hi. Okay,
0: that would be the one that, that would be difficult to find. Um, so um, you may have to check your local library for that one or find it on the internet somewhere. But
1: Shout out to our local library.
0: They're the bomb. Yeah. So um, I'll post out the list um, on our socials um, so you can see what list we were pulling from. But, yeah. Um, anything else? Any final thoughts?
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, th-
0: thanks for coming on. I appreciate Absolutely. you you filling in, and um, you're the easiest guest to set up because you live in my house. <laughs>
1: that is true.
0: <laughs> so it is closing time. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us beersandears1928 at gmail.com. You can check out all of our socials Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928 and as always if you have a chance please rate and review us Uh, five stars five stars really helps us out Um, we got lots of great people all over the U.S. and all over the world that uh, tune into our podcast and so we love you guys as listeners that's awesome
1: he just did the finger guns at the computer when he did that (laughs) thank you so you know (laughs)
0: thank you for the visual
1: (laughs) I felt like that was a significant thing to include it just adds a nice element Finger guns when he said we love you guys. Yeah. You should feel really special.
0: They <laughs> don't get the, this is the fun part about podcasting because we you can see the stupid things that I do.
1: Now you know.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Alright, let's raise that glass. This episode has been on us, and we will see you next time.